Hello everyone, welcome to the Double Scoop Podcast. I'm your host Ashley Zabetti and my partner Ashley Henson is gone today so I am doing my first solo episode. She did hers last week because I was out of town. We were on an Alaskan cruise and this week she is in Canada. So the summer's been kind of crazy for both of us. We're just trying to make this work but it's um, fun to do my first solo episode and I'm excited and hopefully you guys like it. Um, really quick, gotta talk about what the scoop is with us this week. Like I said, Ashley's in Canada um, and I have a couple things I want to talk to you guys about. So I had a couple of people reach out to me while we were on our Alaskan cruise and asked how it was cruising with a toddler and to be completely honest with you, I don't recommend it. <laughs> um, it was really fun, don't get me wrong, but especially an Alaskan cruise where like the boats are kind of catered to a lot, like I've been on a lot of cruises, okay? I've been on a lot of Caribbean cruises, but this is my first time cruising in Alaska and the boats just are not catered to be having fun on the boat necessarily. Um, they're made for you to go to these ports and explore Alaska, which is amazing. And it was so beautiful. I recommend it to anyone wanting to go to Alaska. An Alaskan cruise is the way to go. But there just wasn't a lot to do on the boat compared to boats that I've been on in the Caribbean where they had like full-on water parks, game rooms, sport. Like we had a tiny little putt-putt course. Uh, there was a basketball court. Um, there was a couple of pools and hot tubs, but that was kind of it. And really, you could only use those things if it was a warm day and not super windy, which was like one or two of the days that we were at sea. Um, and the other hard part about cruising with a toddler, there's a couple hard parts, but um, they had a kid area, but it was only if your child was three and potty trained, and Nona is one and a half and definitely not potty trained. So they were like, yeah, you can come visit the kids area with her at these times during each day. And it was like one to two hours every day. We had to go with her, obviously, which was totally fine. But the hard part was is that these times they gave us was always when we had our dinner reservation or when we were off the boat exploring already. So the days that we were at sea, it didn't really work out because it was always during our dinner under it was always during our dinner reservation. Um, and so it was just kind of insane to have this toddler who just wants to run around and be wild and get into everything and be crazy and have fun and there was nothing really for her to do. Um, we pulled out every trick in the book to just keep her sane. And anyone who's been on a cruise before knows that like dinners are like two hours long because you're getting appetizers, you're ordering a bunch of a bunch of meals and then dessert and it takes a while for like all these foods to come out to you. So we literally, we bought internet on our cruise and, or my parents did and we all shared it. She was watching Bluey at dinner with a bottle. <laughs> Um, she was watching Bluey at breakfast, at lunch, like literally Bluey was our lifesaver that week and me and Trevor were just like, you know what, everything is going out the door. Like before our cruise, I was like, let's wean Nona off the bottle so she doesn't have to use it anymore and we never relied more on the bottle than that week on the cruise. So it was just kind of like a little crazy and also the sleeping situation wasn't great. They did have a pack and play for us to use, but she doesn't do well in those now that she's sleeping on a floor bed and also um, when we're in the same room with her she just thinks it's kind of time to play and not time to go to sleep. So um, both Trevor and I took turns kind of sleeping with her. We each had two twin size or we each had a twin size bed. Actually I think it was smaller than a twin size bed so both of us didn't really get the greatest um, quality of sleep that week and neither did she. A couple days after we got home she went to bed at 10 p.m. and woke up the next day at 12.45 p.m. Like, she was just, like, catching up on all the sleep that she missed out on. It was insane. So, I would say cruising with a toddler might be better if they're three and potty trained because then they can go to the kids' center. Um, 
and maybe if you're going somewhere with a lot of stops and you're not going to be on the boat as much or um, a Disney cruise. <laughs> I've been on a couple Disney cruises and they are the best. Our Alaskan cruise was through Princess and it wasn't awful, um, but there was a lot of older people on the boat as well and <laughs> we would... Just to give you an example, we'd be waiting for an elevator because you cannot really walk up and down stairs with a stroller easily and the elevators were just so awful because we'd be waiting for one for like five to ten minutes and one would finally open and there'd be like barely enough room and we'd try to go get in it and then this older couple who had just walked in and hadn't been waiting would like cut in front of us and take our spot. So there were just like things like that where I'm like, it was a little frustrating but overall, we had a really good time. Nona was really excited to see some of the things that we saw. We stopped in one of the cities called Ketchikan, Alaska. They had an awesome 4th of July parade, and she loved that. So there were just, like, little things like that that she loved. And um, overall, it turned out to be a really good experience. And it was also nice that my family was there, my parents, my siblings, so that um, they could take some time to hang out with her while Trevor and I had alone time on the boat as well. So that is my two cents about cruising with a toddler. I wanted to talk about whale watching. So the episode that Ashley just recorded last week that she said she had to re-record because the one we did together just kind of didn't work out with the audio. I mentioned this on that episode that didn't end up airing. Um, we had booked a an excursion on our Alaskan cruise to go whale watching and we were all super stoked about it and then me and my sisters had seen a couple videos circulating on the internet like especially on TikTok about um, these whales attacking boats and they were like starting to evolve and learn how to communicate with each other and learn how to attack these boats because of this one boat that had killed a whale. I think it like ran into it or something. I'm not 100% positive. Don't quote me on that. And after I saw that video, I just kept seeing more and we all started kind of getting freaked out that we were just going to be on this whale watching boat and get attacked by a bunch of orcas. So my dad ended up canceling the excursion. Um, the one we were specifically going to go on was going to look for orca whales, killer whales. And we were all just a little too spooked to do it. So we get off the boat in Juneau, Alaska, and you know, there's all these people trying to get you to come do their tours, their excursions. And this one guy is like really trying hard. He's like, you guys need to come do this whale watching experience. It is like literally everyone that comes to Alaska says that you have to do this and they leave thinking it's the coolest experience. And we were like all a little skeptical. And then he was like, it's for humpback whales. And we were like, oh, we can do that. And he's like, yeah, it's not the, it's not the killer whales. It's humpback whales. And we were like, okay, that would be actually really cool to see. So we did end up booking the excursion for the killer, or sorry, the humpback whales. And it was amazing. Juneau, Alaska is technically a rainforest. Um, our tour guide said that they more than double what qualifies as a rainforest. So like, I can't, I don't want to say the wrong numbers, but it was like, I the amount of inches of rain that they get in a year doubles what a rainforest needs to be qualified as a rainforest. So it rains a ton in Alaska, basically, in Juneau. Um, but the day that we were there, it was, there was not a cloud in the sky. It was like mid-70s. It was so beautiful. I'm so thankful that we got a day like that to be able to go whale watching. Um, and from what we heard from the locals, it was a really rare day. Like a lot of the time it's raining and people are just outside doing stuff because they have to, like you can't just stay inside all the time because it's raining all the time there. And he said it was such a beautiful day for us to be there. So we were stoked. Um, being out on this boat was in the middle of the ocean. I can't even explain, like the pictures don't do it justice. Seeing the whales pop out, their tails come out, their spouts blowing out the water, like, oh, it was amazing. Um, I do wish we had seen a couple more up close, and unfortunately we were on a boat with a lot of people who had to get to another excursion to go see glaciers, 
so we had to leave earlier than we probably would have wanted. But other than that, it was a really cool experience, and I highly recommend it to anyone going to Alaska. As far as I know, humpback whales are not, like, planning our demise as humans. But anyway, um, one last thing I wanted to talk about before I get into today's, into today's topic. Um, I really wanted a book to read on my cruise, which is so silly thinking about it now because I literally had one hour out of the week to be able to read my book because Nona was just so hands-on. Like, I didn't have time. There was one day that Trevor was like, I'll take her and I'll walk around the boat so you can read your book by the pool. I literally got one chapter in, maybe, and that was kind of it. I didn't have time to read the book on the plane or anything like that because of Nona. So finally, when I got home from my trip, I started this book. It's called A Court of Thorns and Roses, and I've seen it going viral on TikTok, on Instagram. I had so many friends who loved the book and recommended it to me, and so I was like, you know, I'll, I'll read it. I'm not a huge reader. I do like reading books. I enjoy it, but it's hard for me to justify the time to just sit down and read a book. Um, and it's hard too, cause I don't really like listening to books as much as I like listening to podcasts or music. So, but this book, I'm not gonna lie. It started out kind of slow. Once I got about halfway through, I was like, okay, I can see the appeal. And then everyone was telling me, just keep reading because the second and the third book are where it gets really good. So I finished it today at the pool. If you're watching, if we post any videos from this episode, you're going to see that I am literally fried to a crisp. I got so sunburned today. Oops. But I finished my book by the pool today and it is so good. So if you are looking for, it's like a fantasy romance thriller kind of book. It is, oh so good. Okay, let's move on to today's topic. We are going to talk about weddings today. And I know you're probably thinking like, what qualifies me to talk about? Well, if you know me, I was a wedding photographer for nine years. So I have been to a good amount of weddings, probably way, no, for sure way more than the average human. I was photographing 20 to 30 weddings a year, if not more, for nine years. So I've been around the block. Um, and I have my fair share of crazy stories, fun little tidbits and advice that I have for people who are getting married or just want to hear like crazy things that happen at weddings. And I want to talk about those, but first I want to talk a little bit about my wedding and then we have some submissions at the end that I am excited to read too. Um, so here's a couple stories about my wedding. First thing, first, Trevor and I went on a little mini trip like a month before our wedding. We drove from Utah to California and then back. I had a little Fiat at the time and Trevor was, Trevor was driving us home from California. We were about 50 miles outside of Las Vegas. It was about 100 degrees out. Trevor was speeding. I was sleeping, so I did not know really any of this was going on. He was speeding a little bit, and it caused one of the pistons in my engine to explode, or what I actually don't really know the terms. Something happened with my engine. I needed a total engine replacement. We were about uh, 50 miles outside of Las Vegas at this random gas station in the middle of freaking nowhere. My car is smoking and we can't it's like undrivable we can't drive it so we go into the gas station we tell the guy what's going on we call a tow truck and we were there for probably like four hours before we finally got picked up this tow truck picked us up and brought us to a hotel in las vegas it was like our only option at the point we didn't want to spend a ton of money on two hotel rooms so we stayed in the same room with each other a month before our wedding we didn't do anything but anyway um, my car's broken in the shop and they tell me it's going to be about two to three weeks before it's fixed. And I was like, well, I hope it's fixed before our wedding day. I didn't tell them that, but luckily my car was under warranty. I got a new engine replacement for free. It all worked out. Um, but on the day of our wedding, I get a call from the car dealership or the, not the dealership, the people fixing my car in Vegas 
they call me and they're like, hey, your car's ready. Can you come get it today? And they had paid for me to have a rental car this whole time, luckily. But I was like, no, I'm getting married today. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so they were like, okay, well, when can you come pick it up? Luckily, Trevor and I were kind of planning on this being the case. And we were going to just do a honeymoon in Las Vegas. Because a month after our wedding, we were going on a week-long trip to Peru with his family. So we were like, let's just have a little tiny honeymoon in Las Vegas. It worked out, and we went and picked up the car the next day after for our honeymoon. Um, and then here's some a couple other things about my wedding that I kind of wish that I could go back and change if I could. At the time, we got married in 2016. Money went a lot farther back then. And my parents offered to pay, they gave us about $5,000 to help pay for our wedding, which in Utah could be considered a lot. It's not like anything compared to the weddings that I've done out of state, outside of Utah. A lot of the weddings I do outside of Utah cost 20 to 50 grand. I've even done a couple uh, six-digit weddings and I've done a couple $1 million weddings. So... I mean, $5,000 was a lot to us at the time because we didn't really know anything else. Um, anyway, they offered us $5,000 and they said we could use it towards our wedding. We could take the money and elope. Um, basically, here's our gift. This is $5,000. Use it as you please. Um, looking back, I really kind of wish that we had just eloped. Um, and I know a lot of people say that. A lot of people do. I my wedding day was fun and really memorable and I loved a lot of things about it but as a girl who moved from Washington to Utah I didn't have a lot of really close friends at the time um a lot of the people that came to my wedding were my parents friends not necessarily my friends and my close people and for that I basically just spent like all this money on food and entertainment for people that I didn't really know or care about. Um, obviously, like my closest friends and family at the time were there and that made it special. But um, yeah, I feel like if I could go back, I would definitely take the money, elope, go somewhere really just beautiful, get beautiful photos done. Um, and... Trevor, I don't know if he actually, I don't know if we've actually talked about this with each other, but I have a dream. We've been married seven years. Our anniversary was literally just this last weekend, actually. So we've been married seven years now. I really want to go do some type of celebration. Some might call it a vow renewal when we hit 10 years. I just want to buy a really pretty dress, take our closest friends maybe family and just go like to another country and just have a celebration of love a party and take really pretty photos because I'm a wedding photographer and I care about things like that um okay uh my dress for my wedding cost less than Trevor's suit did I actually had my dress custom made and I was obsessed with it I think I paid three or four hundred dollars for it, which is unheard of. This little old lady that my mom knew charged fifteen dollars an hour plus materials to make my dress, and she made it super fast. So it cost me like three hundred dollars, and I still have it, and I still love it. Um, and Trevor's suit, I think, was $500. So, yeah, his suit was a little more than my dress, which is just unheard of, I think. Then, at the time, the bulk of my budget went towards my wedding photographer. I think we spent, like, $3,000, which, if you guys know India Earl, she was our wedding photographer. We were super lucky and kind of got her before she like got really big. She is an amazing wedding photographer. If you look her up, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if she ever hears this episode, thank you, India. We still are so obsessed with our photos from our wedding day. That was one thing that was super important to me, especially being a wedding photographer. I wanted the best of the best. So Trevor and I got married in a Mormon temple and 
if you're not LDS or Mormon, you might not really understand these terms, but I'm going to try and do my best to explain it. We had booked our ceiling at the Provo City Center Temple, which was brand new that year. We were like some of the first couples to get married in it, um, which was cool, but we booked our ceiling for like 8 a.m., which was awful because little did I know you had to be there like an hour or two before your actual ceiling started to do stuff, <laughs> to do all the stuff that prepares you to get sealed. Um, and so I remember getting up at like five or six on my wedding day. Luckily, my bridesmaids were awesome and came and got ready with me that early but it kind of sucked because like after we came out of the temple and took photos, our reception was not till I don't think 6 p.m. that night. So we had a huge gap in the middle of our day that we just didn't know what to do with. I do remember too that Trevor accidentally left my bouquet in his truck during that time. And this was middle of July. So by the time we got back into his truck to drive over to the reception, my bouquet was like dead and I was so pissed. Also in the temple, I had a huge panic attack after we got married when I was changing back into my um, dress. You wear like different outfits when you get sealed than your actual wedding dress. Um, I was having, I could not breathe. I had like the worst panic attack and I don't know why. It, I think I was just like nervous to have like all the attention on me for the rest of the day or something like that. I just couldn't breathe. My heart was beating out of my chest and I felt super panicky. Luckily, like once Trevor and I walked out of the temple together, everything was fine again. One thing that I hate about Mormon weddings is the dreaded line. And if you are from Utah or have gone to Mormon weddings or know what I'm talking about, you know that they just suck. Especially for the bride and groom. Basically what it is, it's called a receiving line. Um, you stand there with your husband and sometimes your parents as well while people just stand in a line to greet you and say congratulations. Which sounds nice in theory, but like a lot of the people coming through the line are just your parents' friends or like long lost relatives that you haven't talked to or seen in years. Because like all the friends that um, are important to you are either like in your bridal party or you've already seen so like a lot of these people in the line are just people that you probably would never interact with or talk to on a normal day-to-day -day basis and it's kind of boring and it can last anywhere from one to three hours I have seen it last a long time for certain weddings and they're awful especially as a wedding photographer being a wedding photographer you're literally just sitting there taking pictures of people random people talking to the bride and groom. There's nothing exciting happening during this time. Trevor and I really tried to avoid it and make it as short as possible. Luckily, we kind of tucked ourselves in a hidden spot in our venue so that people didn't really know where the line was. And when it was over, it was over. I was happy about that, but I still hated doing it. Um, Trevor had like 15 groomsmen at our wedding, which was amazing and I'm so happy for him that he had that many friends but he had the same group of friends that he's had since he was literally in kindergarten and I had just moved to Utah a couple years prior from Washington I didn't really have a lot of close friends I had a lot of acquaintances and like friends that I just was kind of close with at the time and I re I kind of feel stupid about it to this day but I reached out to a kind of a lot of random girls to be my bridesmaids because I just needed to fill. I didn't want to have like three girls on my side and then Trevor have like 15 friends on his. Um, and because of that, I kind of just like haven't really talked to a lot of my bridesmaids in years. Another fun thing that Trevor and I did at our wedding was we exited on longboards which was something that we did a lot together at the time. I had purchased Trevor a longboard as a gift, I think for one of his birthdays while we were dating. Um, so we both had longboards and we exited on them. This brings me into my next segment about like unique things that we did, but first I wanna talk about why I kind of regret that we exited on longboards. It's not that we exited on longboards, it's that I changed out of my wedding dress into another kind of 
exit dress that was a, a knee length. It was shorter and it was really cute, but I was newly endowed, which is a Mormon term. I had just gone through the temple two days before our wedding. I didn't really know much about garments, which is another Mormon term if you're listening. It's just like our underwear that we wear. Anyway, so I put on this shorter dress to exit my wedding, but my garments were literally the longest pair. My leg ones were the longest pair that existed. They literally went to my kneecap. So when we exited on, it, it was fine if my arms were down, you couldn't see them, but it, when we exited on our long boards, I was so excited and happy that I raised my arms above my head while we were longboarding out, and about five or six inches of my garments are showing in all of my wedding photos and video from us exiting our reception that night, which was a huge regret, um, but a fun idea. So if you and your spouse, or sorry, fiance, like longboarding, that might be a fun thing to integrate into your wedding. Um, okay, so now I'm going to talk about unique things that Trevor and I did at our wedding. Um, you know that saying that's like something new, something blue? I actually, I butchered that. All I know is the something blue part. I had blue heels that matched Trevor's suit. He wore a blue suit. That was really fun and cute. And I actually didn't even think about the saying until someone pointed it out to me. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, Trevor sang to me at our reception. It was like that I can't help falling in love with you song. And he played the guitar. That was super, super sweet and probably my favorite memory from the day. We served milk and cupcakes at our reception. And we had the most epic dance party thanks to DJ P-Baby. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's still his DJ name. His name's Parker. Um, he is a friend of ours and he is one of the best DJs in Utah. Shout out to him if you're looking for a good DJ. He will bring the party. That's all I really wanted out of our reception was a good dance party with good music. And he delivered. 100%. Um, while I'm talking about this, here's a piece of advice to any groomsmen out there or if you're um, the bride or whatever and you want to pass this information along to the groomsmen, make them dance. I have been to so many weddings where the bridesmaids are just hype girls. They're hyping up the bride. They're, they're out there dancing on the dance floor while the groomsmen are just sitting on the side watching or just... I don't know, doing something else. Go dance with the bride and groom. The That is like the sole purpose of a bridesmaid and a groomsman is to like be the life of the party all day long and like get the party going. It's so frustrating, especially because I've been to so many weddings as a photographer. It's so frustrating to watch the groomsmen just sit on the sidelines and not do anything and dance. Um, another thing, and this happened during our wedding, Luckily, it wasn't, like, super long, but, like, a lot of groomsmen will go decorate the car, you know, like, write stuff on it and decorate it with balloons and confetti and streamers for the bride and groom to leave in. A lot of groomsmen will do that during the dance party, which is, like, the worst time to do it. Don't do that. If you're a bride, tell your groomsmen, or if you're a groom, tell your groomsmen to go do that during like one of the slower parts of the day and especially during a Mormon wedding do that part during the line it is the most boring part of the day just go do that during that part also this since Ashley's not here I remember her specifically telling me that her grooms or Casey's groomsmen her husband's groomsmen there was like a NBA finals game or something going on the night of their wedding and they were all watching the game all of them and she was so frustrated and I would be so frustrated because oh I just like especially in Utah I feel like a lot of people with the culture that we have here don't really understand that there's wedding etiquette and they don't follow it which brings me into my next segment <laughs> is wedding etiquette and specifically for Mormon weddings just because I've been to so many and I I'm just in awe that people are not following these, not necessarily rules, but just like be a good human being and participate and listen and I don't know. Anyway, 
one thing I see a lot at Mormon weddings is people will literally show up wearing, like, not nice clothes. Like, you don't have to dress. Mormon weddings aren't that extravagant, usually. It's not like it's a black tie event, usually. Um, but I've seen people show up in jeans and tennis shoes. Like, they're just stopping there on their way home from work. Like, at least put in a little bit of effort and put on a nicer shirt, a nice dress. I don't know. Do something, put the effort in. Be a good person and show that you care. If you're gonna show up looking like you don't care, I don't know. I just think that's honestly a little rude. Um, another thing that I've noticed at a lot of Mormon weddings is during the first dance or like the mom and son dance or the father-daughter dance, people are literally talking so loud that it's like drowning out the music that is playing and they're not paying attention to the dances, which I obviously think is also very rude. Um, and then another thing is don't take forever in the line to talk to the bride and groom. It's, I can honestly promise you that probably 90% of the brides and grooms in Utah hate that part. And the last thing they want to do is talk to their mom's friend about something random for 10 minutes while all these other people are waiting to say hi to them. It's just move the line along, say congrats, give them a gift card, and get out of there. <laughs> and then another huge thing, and this goes for all weddings, as a photographer, if you're at a wedding and you're in the dance party and you're dancing, make room for the photographer, the videographer, the people who are there capturing the wedding because I cannot tell you how many times people think they can just shove me out of the way I've almost had my camera like punched out of my hand. Make us part of the dance party and just in like bring us into the circle <laughs> because we are trying our hardest to get photos of the bride and groom dancing and I know that everyone wants to be around them dancing but like that is why we are there. So don't push us out. I know it can be kind of hard when you're not really paying attention but like be more aware, allow the photographer to get into the crowd of people dancing, and get in front of the camera. We freaking love that. I love when guests come up to my camera and pose funny for pictures while they're dancing. That is fun. So as a wedding photographer, like I've said earlier, we have Trevor and I, Trevor did weddings with me a lot because he did video. I taught him how to do video so that we could both do weddings together, which was really fun. So between him and I, we've been to a lot of weddings, like I said. Um, and these are kind of some random stories that I've remem remembered from weddings that we've captured over the past nine years. Um, so one time we were shooting a wedding up in the mountains, it was like a campground wedding. They had booked out this little campsite and it was a super small wedding, probably like 30 to 40 people there. Um, and they were transporting the cake on a table from one spot to another to kind of like move it just to a different spot. And when they put the table down, one of the legs of the table kind of like gave out and broke. And Trevor happened to be right there and literally caught the cake without ruining it too much. Like, the backside was kind of, like, smudged a little bit, but it was good enough that, like, if you just turned it around, you would never know that anything like that happened. Which is just crazy because it could have gone a lot worse. The cake could have fallen and completely been ruined. And we were up in the mountains probably an hour up away from any close city to get any other kind of cake. One time we were shooting a wedding on the East Coast, and this one's actually kind of sad, but um, Trevor was off in a different location when this happened, and I honestly don't know what he would have done had he been there or seen this happen, um, but I was on the dance floor getting shots of everyone dancing, and a drunk, a really drunk groomsman came up to me from behind, grabbed my hips, and started grinding on me. It was horrifying and I felt so helpless and useless. I could not get, he would not let go. I tried, he would not let go. And he probably did that for like 10, 15 seconds, which I know isn't a long time, but it's still kind of like, it made me, it shook me up. 
the groom actually had to come and literally force this groomsman off of me and I ran. <laughs> as soon as this dude let go of me, I ran off to a dark corner and I cried for like 10 minutes. And then I finally found Trevor and told him what happened and I was just like really shaken up at what had just happened. Um, and I just tried to stay away from that guy for the rest of the night. Um, so yeah, don't get so drunk that you're trying to do that to people. That's awful. Um, I did a wedding for a dancer. Her name's Whitney. And I actually, I don't know if she listens to the podcast. I actually want to have her on the podcast one day because she was a backup dancer for JLo, which is so cool. And because of that, like, all of her friends, bridesmaids, and she had some bridesmen as well, were, like, these insane dancers. They were all just so cool. And I wish I kind of had known this before the wedding. But um, we were in a venue that didn't have service. So I didn't look any of this up until later. But, like, a lot of her bridesmaids and brides bridesmen were like famous YouTubers for dancing and had like danced for crazy people, like famous, famous people. And one of her bridesmaids, it's actually and has been one of Taylor Swift's backup singers for years and years and years. What? I wish I had known that a little sooner. Um, I totally fangirled after the wedding when I looked her up and I was like, you're joking me. Like this girl literally got married and Taylor Swift was at her wedding. Like, they have a good relationship. And I went to the Eras tour and this girl was there singing on stage with Taylor Swift and I had met her and I had photographed her. Um, she's amazing. I'll have, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I'll have to link her Instagram later for you guys to go look her up. Um, that was probably one of the coolest experiences, shooting a wedding. Um, we also did a wedding in the Faroe Islands, which if you're not aware of what that place is, go look it up right now. It is one of the most beautiful places I have ever been in my entire life. It is like a bunch of tiny little islands about an hour off the coast of Iceland. We flew into Copenhagen then it was like an hour flight from there to the Faroe Islands and it was, it's insane. I need to go back. I can't believe I got hired to do a wedding out there. That was honestly one of the highlights of my career. Look it up if you want a cool place to go. If you ever go to Iceland, you need to take a little side trip to the Faroe Islands. It's just like, it's beautiful. The people there speak Faroese, they speak English, but Faroese is actually, I think, their first language, which is crazy that they have like their own language. Anyway, that was a really cool experience. We also did a wedding in California and it was a few years ago when that huge, huge fire rolled through. I think it was like around San Diego, I want to say. I can't fully remember, but the fire started the night before their wedding and their venue was in the line of fire. So they had to completely change their venue the morning of their wedding. Luckily, it was a pretty small wedding. It wasn't like a full-blown, really luxurious wedding. It was pretty small with just like their closest friends and family. They found an Airbnb that wasn't necessarily in the fire. And they had the most beautiful photos from that day. Like, it was like making lemonade out of lemons. I could not have pictured a more beautiful day, like... Yes, it was smoky and hazy, but it was at this beautiful house that overlooked the valley and there was just smoke and haze and the sunset looked beautiful and their photos were insane. Um, another crazy thing that happened was Trevor and I got hired to do a wedding in New York and it was going to be my first New York wedding and we were so stoked about it. We met the couple to do their engagement photos in... Um, Ooh, what's it called? Big Sur, California. The photos were insane. It was so beautiful. We were so excited to meet them. They were such a cool couple. Um, and then COVID hit. The big pandemic hit in 2020. They were supposed to be getting married in New York fall of 2020. They decided to 
just downsize and get married in Moab, Utah with their closest friends and family. Well, I was all for that because we were living in Utah, didn't really want to travel to New York during the pandemic and it was just going to be super small, but I'm not joking. I think it was like two, one or two days before we had to leave to go down to Moab, I lost my taste and smell and I had COVID and Trevor had COVID and we had to, that was one of the worst things to ever happen. I felt so terrible. It was so last minute, but there was literally nothing that we could do. I had to call the bride and tell her, you know what? I am so sorry. We have COVID. And everything inside me wanted to be like, I'll still shoot your wedding because I've shot wedding sick before, but you know, this is like different during the pandemic. And I knew she was going to have like older family members there. And I didn't want to be the cause of like someone at their wedding getting sick, but it took everything inside me to just not be like, I'll just do it. I'll shoot it. Luckily, what ended up happening was her florist for the wedding was actually also a wedding photographer and they took over and then her makeup artist, her husband is a videographer. So they took over for the video. Me and Trevor were going to do their photo and video. I don't know what kind of miracle happened and the stars aligned to make that happen literally so last minute we were literally supposed to leave like that day or the next to go shoot their wedding and we couldn't um I was really sad but they ended up having beautiful photos the videographer actually sent me all the footage and we edited the video for them in like our little own style and yeah crazy crazy though I cannot believe that happened Still to this day, I'm so sad about it, but I'm glad things worked out. I made a list of things that you should do at your wedding coming from someone who's been to a lot of weddings before. So if you're not married, here's some advice for you. Or if you know of someone getting married, send this episode to them. I think it would be a fun little episode for them to listen to. I've had a lot of couples who didn't necessarily want to do an exit at the end of their wedding day because they didn't want the party to end. A lot of people will have the venue for like a few hours after the photographer is done shooting and they want the party to keep going and they didn't want an exit to break up the party. So if you want an alternative to that, here is some some here are some ideas. I did a wedding once where they just had all of their guests come out and get in a big circle and light sparklers and the couple just kind of like danced in the middle of this circle and it was so cute and so fun. Some of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. I highly recommend doing something like that or you could do a fun exit out of your ceremony if you're getting married. If you're not Mormon, you're getting married outside of the temple. Those are really fun, especially like like the flower petals or something like that because I know ceremonies are usually during the day and sparklers aren't really like an option at that time of day. And even if you are doing an exit at the end of your wedding day, I still think it's super fun to do an exit type thing after your ceremony and I feel like it's a missed opportunity that a lot of couples don't really take advantage of. Like those can be some amazing amazing photos if you're coming down the aisle from just getting married and your guests are throwing rice or confetti or roses at you or something. Just something to like add a little spice to your photos. I think that's a missed opportunity in a lot of weddings. Um, if you do use sparklers for your exit, be safe, obviously. I've heard lots of horror stories, one of which a groomsman holding 20 sparklers in his hand lit them and they exploded and he got third degree burns all over his hand and arm. Don't be stupid with the sparklers. Don't try and touch the photographer or the videographer with sparklers and if at all, like, try your best not to let the kids have the sparklers either I would say um as a photographer who is literally walking backwards down the exit and cannot see anything I have almost been caught on fire several times so just be smart and safe and if anything 
have like someone who is sober take charge of that exit with the sparklers and make sure everything runs smoothly. I know a lot of wedding planners do that, but if you don't have a wedding planner, just have someone that you trust who you know is going to be sober to help with that. Um, during, oh, one more sparkler tip. I did a wedding where they had heart-shaped sparklers, which seemed kind of cheesy at first, but I'm not going to lie. Those photos are some of the best sparkler photos I've ever taken in my career because the spark on the sparkler was so concentrate, concentrated in one spot and I think it actually starts in one spot and goes around in two spots since it's a heart that connects whereas like a stick sparkler it's just one spark that's going down the stick I think on a heart one it was two so it just looks like a brighter spark it's more concentrated and it looked amazing in photos if you can find heart-shaped sparklers I highly highly recommend getting those for your wedding Another thing that a lot of people don't really think about, make sure if you're having a ceremony, make sure that your family is sitting on the opposite side from where you're going to be standing so that they can see your face. If they're standing on this or if they're sitting on the same side that you're standing, they're just gonna see the back of your head and your spouse's slash fiance. I don't know what you would consider them at that point in the ceremony. They're gonna see their face. Make sure it's the opposite side so they can see your face. This is a big thing too, especially coming from a wedding photographer. Tell your officiant or whoever's running your ceremony at the beginning before anything, before he says anything. Tell the audience to take as many photos as they want, selfies, whatever, for 30 seconds to a minute. Have music playing so it's not an awkward silence. And allow your guests to get those photos of you guys during that 30 minutes to, or 30 minutes, 30 seconds to a minute, and then tell them to completely put their phones away. I know it's a huge thing, but like, they really can ruin your photos. The phones, the iPads, if you have someone there photographing your wedding, try to do that. It, it's kind of nice because it allows your guests to get the photos that they want, but they're not in the way of the photographer. This one I just think is super special and it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think that if you can, read your vows with each other on your own before the ceremony. You can read them again at the ceremony if you want, but I just feel like it is so, so special to do it on your own before you're with everyone. And I know a lot of people are like, well, then my he's going to see me before I walk down the aisle, and that's a whole another thing too, so if you don't want to do that, that's completely fine, but I also really like first looks before the ceremony. I think they're really special. You get them in a secluded, private area. The photos are so fun, and I know that the photos of him seeing you walking down the aisle for the first time are really special as well, but if he's going to cry in the aisle, he's also going to cry in a secluded private first look. So if you're wanting those photos, I highly recommend them. I think they're beautiful and so special. Um, this is a thing that Mormons do. We take our bridles on a completely different day other than our wedding day. And I kind of wish that more couples did this, Mormon or not, because it allows you to get undivided attention with your photographer in a completely different area that you wouldn't have at your venue. Venues are pretty and a lot can be like really really pretty but a lot of the times venues are kind of just like you know they're just where you get married and they are event spaces and they're not like insane locations like Trevor and I were able to take our bridal photos in Zion National Park and our venue was just at like an art museum in Alpine, Utah. So like I was so glad to have those photos and you can do them before or after your wedding day. Like you can do it a week later after you get home from your honeymoon. No one's going to know. No one's going to care, but you're going to have amazing photos of you and your spouse in somewhere beautiful. And if you do end up doing them before your wedding day, just do a first look too out in somewhere super special and pretty and beautiful. It's kind of like having a little mini elopement before your wedding day celebration and I highly recommend it. If you are Mormon, 
and you live in Utah specifically, talk to your photographer about their favorite temples to shoot at because they might have better insight on which ones are going to get you the best photos. And I know the photos aren't everything, but if you really care about what your photos are going to look like, there are some temples that I hate shooting at purely because like the lighting is weird, how it bounces off the temple, or it's just really hard to take group photos there or what, whatever it may be. Some of my least favorite temples to shoot at are Payson Temple because it's awful. The lighting just bounces off the temple and makes everything look yellow. Um, it's really hard to take group photos there. It's a beautiful temple, but I just hate taking photos there. The Salt Lake Temple, I know it's been closed for a few years, um, but it is so busy that it's just overwhelming and I feel like no one <laughs> likes it. No one likes the experience of taking their photos outside of the Salt Lake Temple. I feel like everyone's just stressed. It's super hectic and chaotic and you're fighting for time on the stairs with like five other couples who got married all with, at the same time as you. Um, and then the Draper Temple, hate that one. Okay, sorry, I can't, I can't say I hate them, but it's just, that one's really hard also to take group photos at. It's a beautiful temple to take, um, like, a couple, just you and your bride and groom and, like, your bridal party, but, like, group photos with your whole wedding, like, family and everything there, it's awful. It's so hard to take photos there. For not Mormon weddings, who just anyone having a normal ceremony outside, inside, whatever, make sure to talk to your photographer and your videographer beforehand to get an idea of what they are um, wanting to get out of that. Well, just to make sure you both are on the same page because a lot of the times people get married at high noon and that lighting, especially if you're outside, is awful. If there's any way to like move around your schedule so that you're getting married as close as you can to sunset where you're getting that really beautiful like glowy golden light versus high noon really harsh shadowy light. That's my biggest piece of advice. Kind of talk to your photographer and videographer about when they think would be a good time to shoot for your specific venue for your ceremony to get the best photos. Here's another one that a lot of people actually don't know unless you're a photographer. Get a cream dress. Don't have your dress be stark white. And here's why. Wedding, wedding dresses that are completely white pull a lot of blue and purple colors from the dress. And I know that's like a really weird thing and you wouldn't never, you would never think about that. But when I'm editing photos and the dress is white, 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 it pulls so much blue, so when I'm editing, you can see blue hues in the dress, blue and purple hues in the dress, and I always have to edit them out. It's not that hard to edit them out, but cream dresses, ivory dresses photograph a thousand times better. They still look white in photos, especially if you're not getting like a super, super cream. Ivory is like the perfect color dress. Trust me on it. If you can, go for an ivory dress. Also, know that, like, weather can be super unpredictable, but with the right photographer and videographer, they can still make magic for you. And that's why I say to splurge and make sure you're getting someone that you really trust and know that is going to take care of you and take the best photos for you on your wedding day. I, this wasn't a wedding necessarily. I've done a couple weddings where it was really, really windy, but I did these bridals for this couple once and we went out to the sand dunes, the little Sahara sand dunes in Utah. And when we got there, it was 20 mile per hour winds and we were getting pelted with sand. I could barely hear them. They could barely hear me. We were like yelling at each other. I was yelling at them, telling them what to do for photos. And it got to a point where the bride just kind of like broke down and started crying. And I felt awful but I was able still to this day like I love the text that she sent me afterwards because I sent her her photos and they ended up being like beautiful you would never know that like the wind was bothering us instead I used the wind to our advantage and made beautiful photos and she texted me after and was like I cannot believe you got these photos with the conditions that we had that day and um, I was so glad that I was able to provide that for her. So make sure that you're like hiring someone that you can really trust. 
This was one thing that my mom had me do for my wedding. We made a list of five things, my five top priorities that I really wanted to be exactly what I wanted them to be in my wedding and I budgeted for those and then we made room for everything else in the budget. Last thing with these pieces of advice is just be yourself and do what makes you happy. Don't let outside forces tell you what you need to do on your wedding day. Add personal touches to your wedding day that feel like you. If you're a dancer, have a fun dance that you choreographed. I've had a lot of brides where they choreographed dances with their bridesmaids and that was so fun. I had a couple who had custom Jordans made for their dance party and they wore them with their wedding clothes which was super fun. My sister wore a hat and sunglasses leaving her wedding when they exited and that was so super cute and like how Trevor and I exited on longboards. Like just do little things that are you and don't care what other people think. It is your wedding day. You are not there to please anyone but yourselves. Okay, now we're going to go into some submissions. These are crazy stories that people sent in about weddings that they had been at or their own wedding. Um, okay, so this first one. A five-year-old ring bearer and son of the best man somehow got a hold of a golf cart and ran it through the reception full speed. He took out a caterer and she had to be taken away, oh my gosh, in an ambulance. He almost ran straight into the pond, but the garden wall stopped him. We were on a hill above the reception area taking portraits and just heard screaming and saw people running. Oh, this was from a photographer. I am dead. That is insane. Okay, here's another one. During our vows, we wrote ourselves in the middle of them. My husband, my husband and all the groomsmen and the officiant pulled their suit jackets back to reveal Nerf guns holstered in their pants. I laughed and thought that was that. Then we, they were announced, oh, then we were announced married and to kiss and the groomsmen and officiant pulled them out and fired them off. I married a child, LOL. That is amazing. Okay. DJ had the wrong time, so he did not show up for the ceremony and they had no music. That is awful, but she said instead her father-in-law played on his guitar and it ended up being perfect. I love that. Okay, this one's awful, okay? Mother-in-laws, <laughs> can we just not? Okay, so this girl's mother-in-law told her husband on her wedding day that she raised him to pick a better woman. I don't care if you don't like who your son is marrying. Can you just act like it's fine and happy for one day, at least their wedding day? Oh my goodness. That's awful. Here's another one. After, okay, so this is a Mormon wedding. After temple photos and getting into my church dress to leave. So in the temple, I'm just going to explain really quick. Um, a lot of people don't show up in their wedding dress. They change into their dress in the bride's room at the temple and then they leave in like their church dress just to kind of keep it clean and tidy. Okay, so this girl was getting into her church dress to leave. She couldn't find her husband of literally an hour. They had just gotten married an hour ago. His phone was off. She, she searched the entire lobby and temple grounds and started sobbing. So sad. Thinking he was a runaway groom. I was a new bride running around the temple sobbing and people didn't know how to help me. After 45 minutes, my escort, so you also in the temple have someone called an escort and they like help you um, with all the things that you have to do. It's not like a weird term. I just wanted to clarify that. After 45 minutes, my escort saw me and rushed to ask me what was wrong and I told her. So she went and checked behind the recommend desk outside the bride's room and there he was just sitting in a chair waiting for her to come out of the bride's room. Oh my goodness, can you believe? Um, I feel that I would definitely be sobbing if that happened to me too. That's so sad. Okay, a bridesmaid got so drunk she ended up in my husband's 16-year-old brother's bed, which he left. Okay, that's all she wrote in. So I'm, I'm assuming that she just ended up sleeping in his bed and nothing else happened and he left the 16 year old left the bed and nothing happened which i'm hoping that's the case but oh my goodness okay my mom got arrested three days before my wedding for her car not being registered they took her to jail and everything and she spent the night there 
Can you imagine your mom getting arrested three days before your wedding? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, we are almost done. I'm just going to go over some unique things that people did at their weddings. This was from a photographer. The couple used a chainsaw to cut their wedding cake. Oh my gosh. So funny. Oh, this is cute. The couple sharing a last dance alone before leaving their wedding. I love that. Just like having a moment to yourself after a huge party before you leave. Each guest got a pair of vintage sunglasses with their seat number. That is so fun. I love that idea. This girl said she, I had five photographers at my wedding. I'll be damned if a moment got missed. Girl, you do you. That is amazing. If I could afford five photographers, I would have done the same thing. This girl said she had a lot of close friends all bring desserts and they had lots of options that they loved. I, that is so unique and so fun and such an easy way to have food at your wedding without having to spend a ton of money. I love that. This is cute. Our wedding was on May 4th, which for those of you who don't know is like National Star Wars Day because it's like May the 4th be with you. Um, and they exited their ceremony to the Star Wars theme song. Okay, and a couple more. These are from my sister. These were for some fun things that she did at her wedding recently. She got married on June 7th. Um, she made a pinata cake. Her husband is gluten-free and she's not like a huge cake fan, so they were trying to figure out what to do for cake. And she made a cake out of like plaster, like tile plaster stuff. It looked real, I'm not gonna lie, it looked real, but it was a pinata. They put candy inside of it, so they had this cake sitting there for all the guests to see. It looked like normal cake, nothing weird about it. They decorated it with flowers and everything, but then when it was time to cut the cake, they hung it from a string and they were hitting it with a bat, and all this candy came out for all the kids, and it was so cute. Um, and then... Also a unique thing that we did at her wedding that involves me, I was her maid of honor and Nona, my daughter, was her flower girl. So we walked down the aisle together at the end right before Addie and my dad came down the aisle, which was super special for me, especially because I was married and I didn't really want to hook arms with one of the groomsmen who was like 10 to 15 years younger than me. Um, and it was really cute and special to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle as a flower girl. That was really fun. And then I have one more from Ashley since she's not here. She said they had a do-it-yourself grilled cheese bar and did panini press sandwiches with all types of cheeses and breads and it was really great and entertaining and everyone loved it. I think that is so fun. I'm sad that you couldn't be here, Ashley, to tell more about your wedding, so maybe we should do another little episode one day about her wedding. That's it, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was really fun to talk about weddings, something that I've been so immersed in for so many years, and I know I'm not doing them anymore, but it's something that I will always hold really close to my heart that for nine years, I got to be trusted by two random people to photograph and document their wedding days and that's something I never took lightly. I cried at a lot of weddings because I got so close to these couples and knew that after their wedding day I was never going to see them again potentially probably. I got really close with a lot of couples and I actually made a lot of friends through doing weddings um, Ashley and I, like you guys know, became friends because I was hired to do her wedding. Um, my friend Bailey, I did her wedding and now we're best friends. I just love that I had that outlet of meeting people and getting to know people and I've met so many amazing people, seen so many fun cultures. I've shot um, African-American weddings, I've shot Vietnamese weddings, I've shot Jewish weddings, literally anything and everything you can think of. Um, I am just so grateful that I got the experience of doing that in my lifetime and being able to be and see, be at and see all of these 
really unique couples fall in love, hear their story, learn their story, and then see it come to fruition at their wedding and meet all the people that were really special to them. And we had so many amazing, nice people who embraced us with open arms at the weddings and were so nice to us. So yeah, thanks for listening, you guys. Um, really appreciate it. One thing that we are struggling with is we don't have a lot of reviews and we would love if you guys could go give us a review one with words five stars would be nice four stars even i don't care give us a review but i love the reviews that have written typed out words <laughs> we only have a few so far so it would mean the world to us if you guys could go do that for us um follow us on instagram at the double scoop pod we're gonna be we post when there's new episodes, we post photos that we talk about in episodes and references and stuff there, so go follow us there. You can follow us on our personal Instagrams. Mine is at Ashley Ray with 10 E's at the end, and Ashley's is at its.ashleyhenson, I believe, um, and you can find both of our personal Instagrams on our podcast Instagram as well. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. This was such a fun episode to record and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Thanks for all your support. We love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Double Scoop. If you liked what you heard, we would love if you could help us out by leaving us a review on your favorite listening platform. This is going to help us grow and bring on really cool guests in the future. And then if you want the inside scoop, no pun intended on behind the scenes or corresponding pictures and videos for our episodes you can follow us on instagram at the double scoop pod we're so grateful for your guys' support and can't wait to connect with you on social media you can tune in for a new episode every tuesday see you next week